Cauldron FM, the sound of magic. I'm Emma and I like nothing more than sitting down and listening to Cauldron FM. Making magical, mystical memories. Merlin. Well, hi, you're listening to Dave Baxter, or aka The Merlin, depending on where you're listening to it. And I'm in Appledore at the moment with uh, a lady called Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi. And... Michelle actually runs a business called Jangly Jangly, but I want to talk more about, first of all, about her getting to where she is now, basically a potted life history. So I did do some research into you before I came, and one of the things that I picked up on was the fact that you were raised amongst a family of witches. Yes, that's true. Can you sort of give us an insight into what that, ra- that, that upbringing was like? Fascinating, it was the first thing that springs to mind. Um, We spent a lot of time outdoors in Beaudley Forest, so I had an education in sort of nature and all of those things. You did say that your granddad was a great influence in your life and he he did sort of give you certain information about pathways and all that sort of thing. So can you sort of elaborate on that a little bit, please? Okay, well, I said my grandfather um, was a Celtic Druid, so he was sort of very spiritual himself and very knowledgeable gentleman. Not only did he spend most of my childhood telling me about Norse legend and Norse stories, but as I got older and went into more of the craft and actual practical work, he did tell me and educate me towards the darker aspects of magic, explaining to me how I must take education in this, but by no means would he be happy or, you know, accept if I practised these ways, but needed to make sure that I were aware that they existed. So I did do education into the dark side as well. Again, I didn't ever do any practice. It was just very theory-based. So you would read on the signs and sort of how temptation can pull you and he did counsel me many times to make sure I was aware that yes if you do go into the darker aspects you may get results a lot quicker but they do come at a price and that price is usually most likely mental collapse to yourself is what I was taught because you are playing with the darker emotions and darker forces and stronger forces that really have no place in wanting to give out good so Mm. it was almost like to recognize those to know which paths not to go down and to to sort of not be tempted by those things and you you also alluded just very briefly whilst you were doing the coffee (laughs) (laughs) about norse gods or something yes nordic legends my grandfather was um he was in the navy so a lot of the stories that i was told as a child were of the sea Lots of Nordic legends, Vikings, I have a massive affiliation, Vikings, um, absolutely think that that life is immense and amazing. I write a lot of poetry and I seem to pull a lot of my inspiration from the old Nordic tales that I was told as a child. Again, most of the sleeve of my arm of tattoos, this arm is for my grandfather. These mm-hmm. these all link into stories that he would have told me. Right. right. Actually, that, that sort of sparked a little thing there. I mean, as I was saying in the conversation that we had, I, I could never do that. I mean, you were talking about pain management and all that sort of thing and we'll probably get onto that later on but Mm -hmm. I I really do admire you for doing it for going through all that because it must have been painful but there's a way that you can actually minimize the effects of that so I mean I know it's changing and we can chop this about 
important, so it's not a problem. But can you tell me a little bit about that pain management side of things? How you actually got through the... How I get through the pain. Well, they do hurt. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. But there are certain ways um, that you can get over that. It's more so like a mind over matter. And again, a lot of it is breathing. I use a Qigong meditation when I'm actually getting tattooed just to completely level myself out, to breathe from the correct places and just really to have that constant breathing pattern rather than sort of breathing through a panic and tensing my whole body it's going to hurt more if I, if you can just relax yourself to a level almost in a meditation you find that things don't hurt as much because yeah. you, your body is fully relaxed it, it does hurt, but it's more so a scratch than sort of an in-deep pain. Right. okay. Okay, well, well, we'll go back to that in a bit later on, but one of the things that I'm interested in is is this story about how you came to be in Appledore. I didn't realise until you just spoke now, and this is what I said to you before about sort of the whole thing, this, this interview is sort of off the cuff, mm-hmm. and it's not structured in that particular way. You said about you were fascinated by the Nordic legends and mm-hmm. the, the Vikings and all that sort of thing. Have you ever realised that Appledore is a Viking of Viking origins? No. <laughs> so I'm only just really um, educating myself to Appledore itself. I didn't really know that Appledore was affiliated with lots of witchcraft either. I kind of stumbled upon Appledore. I knew of other places in North Devon. We'd surfed Woolacombe and Croyd quite a lot. I just felt very interested in the property. So as we stood outside waiting for the estate agent, the estate agent didn't come and we had a phone message to say that they had lost the keys and they couldn't get us into the property to view it at this time and sent their apologies. Uh, the other couple who were stood with us had decided that they weren't going to wait around, they were going to go off and carry on and enjoy the rest of their day. Myself, I just felt that I couldn't let go. I needed to see inside this house. My partner had said, it's not going to work out, come on, we need to go home now. And I just remember feeling so daunting, you know, that feeling of, well, disappointment. I don't want to be going back up the motorway now. I need to see this house. So we got back out to the quay and I sat in the middle of the road outside Market Street, arms folded, you know, sort of proper madam in the middle of the road. I'm not moving until you phone the estate agents because they have found the keys. My partner was like, no, they haven't. They would have phoned us. I said, they won't phone you because you don't have a signal. So you need to go and stand over there and phone the estate agents because they have the keys. And I got, you know, get out of the road. You're showing me up all of the usual things. And I sat there in the middle of the road saying, I don't care. I will stop the traffic, you know, and I don't care who is looking. Unless you phone, I'm sitting here until you do. Because we are going to live in that house and they have found the keys if you phone them. So he finally relented and made the call and they had found the keys. So we waited around while they came back down into Appledore to show us into the property. And as I said, as soon as they opened the front door and I crossed that threshold, the house embraced me. And that's when I knew that I needed to look nowhere else. It was the only house that I had looked at. I knew that I needed to look nowhere else. It was here. Mm. And I felt that I was called to here, you know, from some kind of forces that I cannot explain because, as I said, I didn't know Appledore existed. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the other thing that you did tell me was the history of the house that you found out as well. Um, I later found out after... Um, because I just felt such immense love and peace and connection with the house that I wanted to explore. Well, why do I feel this when I've never felt this in any other house I've lived in? Not even growing up in my house. You know, I'd never really had an affiliation with a tangible thing as such. So I looked into the history of the house and um, previous owners 
um, sort of dating back quite a way were witches, mm. you know, or spiritualist ladies, however they would like to be seen. Mm-hmm. But there was some element of craft within this house. Fantastic. So moving into sort of the training that you've undergone and the sort of work that you've done in leading up to where you are now, there's lots of things that we spoke about and, and one of the things is your qigong mm-hmm. and the work that you do there for the benefits of people that may not have heard of what qigong actually is can you sort of give us an indication about that yeah well um, the word itself qi is energy gong would be cultivation so really to combine the two is cultivating one's own energy and how you put that out into the world but also what you give back to yourself so it's a combination of movement, a lot like Tai Chi, but it's not as complicated. It's quite a le- lot less moves than you have in Tai Chi. And mindful meditation. So it's about partnering those two together and understanding, and again, how breathing is exceptionally important to not only your emotional state, but also to your actual physical health mm. and how you're cultivating that energy to be able to walk, you know, sort of get through perhaps difficult times or, you know, just to have a very mindful life, a very peaceful life, a peaceful existence where you know your place in the universe and you draw the energies around you to constantly keep you motivated but also relaxed and calm at the same time. Mm. You know, so I don't suffer from bursts of anger very often. I mean, there will always be things in the world that do annoy people. We're only human. But I find that with Qigong, it's a very good way to balance one's life emotionally and physically. And I, I do take on what you're saying there. I think that that's, that's very true, that unless you're a really special person, I don't think you'll ever reach that state of tranquility right mm-hmm. the way through. But I was interested in the point of mindfulness because and the mindful meditations and that sort of thing, because that's one of the things that I've sort of recently been getting into, sort of mindful walking and mindful breathing and even mindful drinking a glass of water. Mm-hmm. And I find it fascinating and puts a totally different slant on whatever you're doing. When you're sort of doing the... the Qigong, are you taking on board the awareness of everything that's going on around you or are you very, very focused on being mindful of what you're doing sort of thing within the Qigong? I think when you're first learning, um, it's a very sort of, it's a process. So at first you are very aware of what you're doing, but I think a huge part of being mindful is also letting go of yourself to a certain degree. So it's not almost like, oh, what am I doing? Who is looking at me or whatnot? It's very, you go to a different place Mm -hmm. in your mind to whereas those, you know, maybe self-conscious issues or whatnot become, they're a hindrance, so you don't walk with them anymore. Mm -hmm. It's a very natural progression to sort of be able to be aware and be grateful and it comes with a new appreciation of everything that is around you, perhaps that you may take for granted. One of the teachings that I experienced with it in my own life was the fact that if you think about it, you're not being mindful of it. It's aware awareness, particularly with the mindfulness walking, more so than anything, mm-hmm. is the one where I noticed it the most, that you sort of bring yourself back but not thinking about what sensations you're experiencing as you're putting your feet down on the floor. Mm-hmm. And if you find your mind wanders, then you do bring it back to this, what does that feel like? And then allow just those those sensations to be. Yeah. And I have now sort of started using that 
within my own coaching practice with some of my clients, getting them into this mindfulness mindset and awareness. Because I think it's so, it, it, it just opens different channels up. Yeah, for sure. So I was really interested in that. And the other thing that I do want to say at this very point in time is this malachite ring on your right finger. There was an interesting story about that that you gave me about how you came to get it. Yes, my son. It was a birthday present uh, many moons ago from my little boy. He went shopping um, with another family member and um, saw this ring. You know, it's sort of only supposed to be going for a token present. But my little boy said, no, this is this is for my mum. This has to be for my mum. So he picked it and it, I haven't taken it off since. It's it goes everywhere gorgeous. with me, even surfing and whatnot. It stays on all the time. It is absolutely gorgeous. It's For those of you that, well, that are interested, it's this massive great malachite stone set in silver and it is just beautiful. I couldn't take my eyes off it. When I walked in, I saw it and I thought, oh, wow, it's gorgeous. So anyway, your work, obviously, as, as, as a witch, practicing the craft and that sort of thing, if somebody came along that was beginning to follow the, the craft, mm-hmm. then would I be right in thinking that you would take them under your wing if, if they expressed that opinion and guide them? Yeah, for sure. I would, yeah. you know, I could only ever give my own opinions and my own interpretations of it, but I would very, you know, help them to grow and enjoy seeing their journey unfold. I think that would be fascinating. Mm-hmm. I do do other teachings within psychic development workshops but then very little practical work um it's more working with the love and light aspects within the psychic developments rather than going into the practical crafts of calling the corners and giving your offerings and and you know actually physically practicing witchcraft Mm. itself interesting way of doing it i i must admit um your spiritual uh, psych sorry psychic teaching that you're talking about or psychic work how does that take shape? What, what sort of work do you do there with the workshops? And all well, that? at the moment, that's a very recent thing that's happened. I work alongside another lady called Karen, um, and together we blend our skills. So she has lots of skills, whereas I wouldn't... She's very good at visualisations and meditations, whereas the meditations that I do are very more mindful rather than going on a journey to meet spirit guides and whatnot, mm-hmm. because to me... It's kind of like they've always been with me and I've never questioned where they came from. So I'm just getting into that aspect myself and, and learning so much as I'm teaching others as well. Yeah. So I take a lot of the practical skills with me, um, whereas I would say about the tools that would be used, the divination, um, all of the different aspects and work a lot on the protection side. Because I do believe whether it's witchcraft, spirituality or any other things where you're using energies you must always be very mindful of protecting yourself and what you are calling to you as well with your own intent so I work quite a lot on establishing people's intuition breaking down what is imagination and what is real and sort of assessing on where they are at the moment and and how we can help them grow it's a very individual process you know so it's sort of a lot of one-on-one even though it's a very small group but each person will have different skills that we will build on so perhaps one might have incredible thought-provoking skills as in they think something and it happens we will journal that journey with them and show them well which things could possibly be coincidence and other things which were more insightful yeah then we have other people that have 
other skills which they might be more practical as in with the tools of the tarot may speak to them so we will work through that but it's all very much at the moment very early stages of us just assessing where those people are because I think I believe it's an ability everybody has mm. it's just being attuned to that and to recognize again what is my mind and what is something yeah. else you also told me that your little boy Mm-hmm. He's shown a lot of signs of being quite switched on to the same way of thinking as you and, and myself to a large extent. Yeah. And you, you said something about him following a shaman route. I feel very much so that that's the path he's drawn to. Um, he spends, if we go to healing weekends or whatnot, he spends a lot of time in the company of the shamans. He enjoys the whole aspect of the trance, um, the drumming and the musical aspects of it, and also has an affiliation with the animals and the things that go along with that path. Um, he has expressed an interest of wanting his own drum so he can practice properly, but as they are very expensive, you know, a lot of work does go into them, so that really does justify how expensive they are. But at eight years old, he kind of needs to prove to me that this is something that he is going to take seriously mm-hmm. before I fork out over £100 for a drum. Which is a lot of money, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so he's very much on his way to proving to me, though, that, that, you know, that he is going to follow that path because he has bongos at the minute, which he uses as a substitute. So he will trance himself out using the bongos and <laughs> to watch him and to feel the energy that comes off him when he's doing it and the focus and the concentration. I think that can only be a very good thing. Mm-hmm. Does he have an affinity with the, the animal kingdom as well? Or? Um, to a certain extent, yes. Um, yeah. He believes that his guide is a turtle. Right. right okay. So yeah. he finds that through some kind of deep thinking that he did himself. It's very difficult to try and ask an eight-year-old to to Mm. vocalise where they got it from. But like I said, he has his mini place where he saw my altar and decided that he wanted one of those. So he's collected his own things to put on there, one of which is a wooden turtle and a piece of amethyst that he collected from a healing weekend that we were at. His seashells, he has all of like he's got his own mini altar, his own mini place of worship where he would go. Brilliant. And you know, I think just to encourage that and just to let him express himself. Mm. You know, Mm. it's the best thing I can do rather than push him into any particular faith. It might be that he may grow out of it or choose a different path. But for as long as he does show an interest, I'll do my best to point him in the right directions and help him on that journey yeah absolutely brilliant i think that's that's wonderful to hear so anyway just for the for the benefit of the listeners we've probably had this conversation now and we've been talking for quite some time Mm -hmm. um a lot of the work that we did in the first part of the recording we lost so we've had to sort of retrace our steps i will say that Talking to Michelle, it's like I've known her for years. I, f- I feel so comfortable talking to her. A lot of people say that to me. And I find that really nice. I said to her before that, I, although you may not believe it, I'm quite a, a shy, introverted person, although I work in the entertainment industry. But I felt so relaxed when I discovered Michelle on the, web, on the net. Believe it or believe it not, we've only until today we have only actually ever sort of conversed on the internet and the one thing that i sort of found and how it all came about was i discovered the website or the the in facebook presence that she has as jangly jangly and I, what the hell's jangly jangly so can you put me out of my misery and tell me what jangly jangly is all about <laughs> 
Okay, well Jangly Jangly is um, the business name and it came about from my son. Again, my son named Jangly Jangly for me. And as he was growing up, he'd always seen me do tarot readings or whatnot, or he'd be in the house and whatnot when things were, when I would do these things. And I used to hold beads, um, you know, sort of almost like pagan prayer beads mm -hmm. and whatnot. And they used to make a little noise. They would jingle and jangle. And my son would go, oh, you know, oh, you've got your jangly thing there. And when his friends would come around, he'd be like, oh, we can't go in that room now. We've got, you know, we're going to go into my room because mum's in there doing her jangly jangly things, you know. And it kind of stuck <laughs> after that. And, you know, and I just thought, well, to me, I saw that a lot of other psychic services is just their name. So it would be Michelle Lewis Psychic Services. But because I have the web store as well, I wanted an umbrella name that I could put everything under. Right. And I, jangly jangly is just one of those that sticks in your head, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that leads us beautifully into what the business side of it actually is. So can you sort of drill down into that and sort of give the listeners an indication as to where and what elements make up jangly jangly? Right, okay, so first of all we have the services which I offer, so they would be the psychic services, anything from the tarot readings to house blessings. I also offer, as I said, the tutorials within psychic development and qigong. I also do qigong healing, and that's very private. You know, we would go into someone's house to offer qigong healing, very similar to Reiki, mm -hmm. um, which I also have certificates in Reiki, but at the moment I'm just cultivating experience in that field so by no means am I ready to offer that as a service as yet um, and then we have the web store which I'm currently constructing at the moment um, which is a combination it's almost like a gothic emporium and that would be my tagline if I had to say you know what is jangly jangly um, we have at the moment quite a selection of gothic jewellery um, jewellery of the old ways uh, book of shadows that you could purchase um, it's growing daily. There's not half of the stock on there at the moment that needs to be. But really, it's just be a one-stop shop for the alternative. Um, with a few other, you know, more run-of-the-mill jewellery pieces on there. So I can appeal to, you know, a wider audience. But it, it's coming from my heart. And as you can see, my image is slightly alternative. Mm -hmm. And it's the things that I like and cannot find here in Devon. You know, so there doesn't seem to be many stores that would cater for someone like me. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, the jewellery that I would like to wear or the clothing that I choose to wear. So just to bring that into the area and hopefully marry these two services together in a physical shop within the local area. Yeah. Perhaps Biddeford or Barnstable. Mm -hmm. One of the other things that I did notice that you do actually run a group here in Appledore. I do, yes. Yeah. So what's that all about? Then? The group that I run here in Appledore is the Qigong group. Um, mm -hmm. And that is where I... Com combine the two services of the mindful meditation and the qigong movement and just pass that on to those who are interested i have a small class at the moment of around 10 people um, which is really nice because it's really intimate and you can see all their journeys unfold and see how people perhaps you know sort of came first thinking what well, what is all of this about and now that you can find that they're flowing into the movements and they actually they're coping a lot better with the stressful situations of perhaps work and you know just not rushing around so much just mm -hmm. taking being mindful of how they're behaving within themselves so it's really nice to see that journey and that happens on Sunday evening so it's a nice relaxing day anyway 
very light-hearted you know we sit and have a chat after on you know if we had any insights on the meditation but with qigong it's more of as i said you don't necessarily go on a journey of visualization unless we're doing the spiritual aspects of qigong mm, mm. which comes a lot later we first need to work on the actual physical postures and how we're holding ourselves and how we're breathing and whatnot so they're all doing really well and it's really beautiful to see that so many people are learning this i expect that in the summertime i'll be walking across the burrows in westwood i would see lots of them under trees practicing their moves <laughs> that would be my ideal Absolutely. goal that would be. apart from the sort of the nuts and bolts of how to get in contact with you and mm. when when's your best guess estimate of when the web store is going to be open and that sort of thing the one other thing that i wanted to sort of allude to was you you mentioned in our earlier conversation um that you had a great affinity to sort of the open air to forests and all that sort of thing without wishing to put a label onto yourself Mm -hmm. because i don't like the idea of labels i've got to say because i think that that sort of tends to in the words of a a very great teacher of mine if you label me you negate me Mm mm-hmm how would you describe yourself, given the fact that you do like this affinity with the open air, with the, the nature and with the forests and all that sort of thing? It would possibly be a cross between the wild witch and the hedge witch, as in I do have a massive affiliation with nature, but again, there's not any particular text I follow. No, no. I just are very mindful as I walk through life, but I do love being out in the forest, and I think that comes from... As I said, most of my childhood was spent in the forest at Budley and I had great teachers of nature. To know my place in the world needs to be, you know, I cannot exist without nature. Mm, mm. Therefore, I have a huge respect for it. Yes. And also just how you feel when you're walking out in the forest, you know, the, the, the trees do speak to you. Mm. You know, I know that all, all sounds, you know, but they don't actually have a conversation, but there is that hum yeah. and that vibration yeah, that you that. feel as yes, you're walking yes. through the forest. And to be connected to that and know it has a history. Mm. You know, it, how much that the forest is being cut away now is quite sad. You know, we seem to be wanting to replace it all with man-made buildings, but there are still beautiful places yeah. to find, and I spend much of my spare time hunting those out. Mm. So, coming back to the reality of your business... How will people get in touch with you? Uh, at the moment, it is telephone. Um, okay. So you can contact me by telephone. The Facebook page is where the majority of the inquiries are coming through at the moment. But that is because it's the at the moment it's the only means of advertising. As I said to you before, I found it only recently um, in the past four months or so have I actually advertised as such or used media or any of those. I've always read for 15 years I've been a tarot reader, but those people would cross my path either through word of mouth or because they were supposed to. Mm. Um, I've never actually gone out and put myself out there in the ethos to say, this is what I do, this is how you contact me. So it's a learning curve for me every day. But not to want to push that on to people, but to let people know where that service is should they wish to come and see me. Mm. Um, So, like I said, a lot of it is over Facebook at the moment. My website I'm hoping to get done within the second week of December. So a little bit of pressure on myself there, but I'm (laughs) sure I can pull it off. And then just general mobile phone. I have business cards that I do hand out and whatnot. So um, advertising. So predominantly then make contact with you through Facebook. Yeah, at the moment. Jangly, jangly, folks. Don't forget that. Jangly, jangly. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. 
I really have enjoyed it, and I'm sorry that we lost the first half. No, it clearly <laughs> happened for a reason. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. And I hope that we maintain this contact. Oh, and for sure. I'd love to come back and revisit this at some point in the future and, oh, and take it lovely. further, because I think it's it's a great story that you've come here. And similarly, I suppose to a certain extent, your reasons for being here are, are similar to mine, to sort of get away from... The rat race and to get into a state where you can express who you are yeah be creative and be creative. having that stifling yes energy yeah. around you yeah. from sometimes i feel that we very much need to break away from the norm to find ourselves yeah. to break away from all we know yeah. to put ourselves into that whole leap of faith scenario absolutely jump knowing that wherever you land you will hit the ground running yeah. i think if you have that faith within yourself rather than any higher realm that it won't ever put you far wrong. No, no. Well, thank you very, very much, Michelle. It's thank been you. a fabulous conversation. Yeah, lovely um, to meet you. Lovely to meet you as well. Speak to you again very, very soon. Thank you very much. Cheers. Hey, Raven Moonshadow here. Dropping in to let each of you know you can now find me on Facebook. Catch up with the latest goings-on of Raven, read reviews I've posted, listen to previously aired shows, Get links to books, music, and general information, find items I've handcrafted, or even just drop me a note. So if you have the time, drop by my page, give it a like. To find me, just log on to www.facebook.com slash ravenmoonshadow.hps. Let's it be. Hi, I'm the Merlin, and I would like to invite you to join me one of my two shows on Cauldron FM, The Sound of Magic. The first one being Merlin's Magic, which features an eclectic mix of items that I pick up on my travels around this planet. The second is the new music show, and the clue there is in the title, It's All About New Music. Music by bands that are unsigned, artists that are unsigned, all of whom have given me their permission to feature them. Sometimes we'll cover a live gig, so generally there's a fantastic mix there of new material, different styles, different genres. Hopefully most of them have a pagan influence, but that isn't to say that that is the limiting factor. There we have it. Merlin's Magic and the New Music Show, both presented by me, yours truly, The Merlin. You can also leave a message on Twitter, which is at Cauldron FM, or you could leave a message on our Facebook pages, which are Cauldron FM, or Cauldron FM, The Sound of Magic. So until we meet again, I wish you love and light and blessed be. Cauldron FM is a Moonshadow Media production.